first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Benjamin Price, and today we'll be talking about some heavy hitters. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, No Time to Die, and some interviews um, with a surrounding what, that is the title, and language arts to close out the show. First, let's talk with Callista and Ethan about Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, what did you both think of this film? Well, uh, I am coming from a very unbiased position because I have not seen the first Venom. Um, so I, I don't have any like pre-existing notions relating to what I expected for it. Um, so I'm just going to say, I thought it was, I thought it was all right. I don't really have any strong feelings one way or the other. And I think it needed a bit more action, but other than that, you know, like, when you expect Carnage, you're like, oh, he's gonna be huge, but they made him even bigger than you can imagine. If you see it, like, there's, like, some pictures of him, kind of, like, kind of, like, the background you have right now. Look how many arms he has. That man is, like, three octopuses in one with multiple arms versus a little Venom, and it's so funny because he's, like, twice the size of Venom, just like you would expect. So I think they did very, very well on the CGI, and it made the movie look so good. That's been the fun part about this new one coming out, is Venom is a movie that I enjoyed, but have very little connect- attachment to, and like, psh, <laughs> let there be carnage, get me there day one. Are you kidding me? Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He, I also, I, I just, I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but I've seen, like, I keep seeing these high-res images of Carnage, and I'm really amazed just all the detail they put into it. When he's real, in reality, he's just like a, essence of the character is he's a red glob. He's like a um, Demogorgon. Yeah, but they really have gone a long way to make him look menacing. So, anyway, uh, for the uninitiated like yourself, obviously, Callista, the first Venom, is about Eddie Brock, a journalist who meets uh, a, a symbiote that crashes onto Earth, and and he uh, attaches himself to him, and, you know, they squabble, but they save the world at the end of the movie, obviously. Um, but I'm curious, how does Venom let there be carnage? Flip the script. Do they let there be carnage? What's going on here? Are you asking uh, yes. me or Ethan? Yes. Okay. I'm curious. Well, I'm curious to get your read on it since you didn't see the first one. Well, um, this film sort of focuses on Eddie trying to uh, reinvigorate his journalism career by interviewing a serial killer named Cletus Cassidy right before he is set to receive the death penalty. Good but name. Cletus ends up being um, becoming the host to Carnage, and so. Uh, Eddie and Venom, who um, are kind of in a disagreement and kind of, like, not being able... They're currently, like, not able to, like, work together and they keep getting into arguments, are forced to uh, come to an agreement to defeat Cletus and Carnage. 
classic Venom and Eddie. Uh, and can I ask? With I, I hope I'm not giving too much away here. Is there an explanation as to how Carnage shows up in this movie? Um, there is an explanation, but I don't know if it as an entity. Oh, okay, okay. It might, okay. it might be a spoiler. I'll hold on. Yeah. Um, and we ought to talk about uh the voice of Venom, but also the actor behind Eddie Brock, who really goes for it in these movies. Tom Hardy, who's the face of the whole operation. Uh, I th- I personally thought that he gave. A remarkable performance. It's not necessarily a great one, but he's in a tub full of lobsters, and and he. I thought that he really made a meal out of the transformation into Venom. So I'm curious. You've talked about how he and Venom sort of come to blows in this. What is his? Do they have chemistry? You'd say in the movie this alien. Glob and Tom Hardy? Well, the thing is, I didn't realize that Tom Hardy was playing both Eddie and Venom. Like, I saw the, like, IMDb thing, and I had to double-check being like, yeah, that was him playing both of them, because the voice is so different. I know they obviously use, like, a voice, like, uh, changer. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they like, edit the voice. But it does feel like it is two different actors because of how different these characters are when you combine them. But it is kind of funny imagining it as the same guy arguing with himself. But I do think, like, you know, playing two vastly different characters and also having a lot of scenes where you are essentially talking to yourself, I feel like that leads to a very interesting performance, which I think this movie does showcase. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear it because he definitely that was part of what made the first one uh, worth watching to me. Um, let's go to the ID. I don't know why I said that. You cut that. Sorry. You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about No Time to Die and Venom. Let there be carnage. And right now I'm talking to Callista and Ethan about the film that just opened up to a crazy amount of money this weekend. I believe it set the pandemic record so far uh, with 90 million. So I think Venom is here to stay. Um, I'm curious, without giving anything away, this is purely a personal question for the both of you. Would you like to see Venom collab, uh, interact with Spider-Man? the Tom Holland Spider-Man specifically later on without giving anything away. Okay. Um, It would be amazing to see that because as you know, in the comics, um, I'm such a nerd in that they there, it's kind of like Spider-Man's main villain. If you don't count Dr. Octopus and all that. So it would be very cool to see that. And I mean, I don't know how they would make it work. I mean, that'd be really cool. Actually. It's, like, I know he just fought a man two times his size, but now we're fighting another superhero, so it'd be really weird to... Because Venom, in, in these movies, he's kind of nice, so it's going to see... It's going to... We're going to see how he changes, kind of. That's the most interesting part about if they were to do that. So I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to turn about it. And Callista, what would you like to see Eddie Brock um, yeah. and Peter Parker get up to? Well, I think it, 
it does have a lot of potential and I think it would be interesting because like as, as Ethan said Venom is arguably one of Spider-Man's most notable like villains so I feel like there is like genuine potential and also because depending on how it's framed you could potentially have a case where Spider-Man, despite the fact that he's the hero because he's in opposition with Venom, would be counted as the antagonist, which stories like that are always interesting to me. So, you never know. At this point, I, I don't know why I've been... I, I have been... I'm being perfectly genuine right now. I want more Venom. I want more of this <laughs> dynamic. From what you're telling me, I cannot wait uh, to see them adopt like a, a married couple dynamic are you kidding me it's an alien and tom hardy that's the thing that gets missed in talking about all this this is a franchise based on a character in relation to spider-man that has nothing to do with spider-man thus far and it is about the relationship between a struggling journalist like spider-man depending on the interpretation and a glob of goo can we take a moment to marvel at the fact that this is this is like the the hottest most well known character in movies right now. Um, man plus goo. <laughs> he's Comic a goo books, man. And <laughs> I, we got to talk about Woody Harrelson. It's carnage. We have to let there be carnage. What does carnage bring to the table in this movie? And I, he's a serial killer. You said. Yes, well, he's a serial killer, but he has been recently arrested, and he is set mm-hmm. to uh, receive the death penalty, but um, right before that, that's sort of when Carnage takes form, and he manages to escape. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's really a spoiler, because it's like, well... No, yeah, that's a, fine. They well, did, I mean, it's in the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in the title. They said there's going to be carnage. Uh, in <laughs> yeah, fact, yeah. something I forgot to know is that Tom Hardy has a writing credit on this film. So, oh, wow. front and behind the camera, he's bringing it all together. <laughs> um, and finally, what would both of your star ratings be for the latest chapter in the Venom saga? Um, I'd, prob- I'd give it maybe four out of five stars. The only problem I had was just the action. That That's it. If if they if they made more action, because you'd expect these two to full-on brawl. Like, th- this is, it, it's Venom versus Carnage. It's basically in the title. I just wanted to see each other destroy each other, but I, I just think it needed a bit more action. But other than that, perfect. He, he Carnage would literally just throw people across into a different galaxy like you would expect. He did not care about anything. That's what I really loved about Carnage. So I'd give it four out of five stars. And I'd recommend it ages maybe like eight to 18. Or yeah, eight to 18 plus adults. Well, um, unfortunately for everyone here, I gave it a two out of five because I was not a fan of... um, I was not a fan of the way this film was paced. Um, because I feel like it lacked a bit of development for the actual villain, Carnage, and also Cletus. I felt like the way it was paced, I didn't really enjoy like how uh, things were developed. And I also kind of feel like the actual arc between Eddie and Venom was not that fairly handled without going into the specifics of it. 
Those seem like fair criticisms, but as you just saw, that's hard. that's quite a blow. I I just all I've been <laughs> thinking about like. this week is carnage, 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 and now I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think. <laughs> Benjamin so was like, died inside it. <laughs> so I was like, anyway, I don't think he's going to like my answer. <laughs> thank you both for uh, going on this roller coaster of a segment with me. Um, Venom 2 is now in theaters. Number one in the U.S. box office. Oh, not at the, at the time of this recording. And, and let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You heard that noise and that's how you know we're talking about 007. The latest Daniel Craig, James Bond Movie. Secret Agent Fest, No Time to Die with Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, what did you think of this new, of this new movie? Um, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions going on. We have um, obviously danger. Like, what 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 would this be without danger? There was romance too. There was some sadness. Um, a lot of humor. <laughs> Definitely action. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and I mean, there's just a lot of things about this film that made you kind of have different emotions. That sounds about right. Um, yeah, this is obviously Daniel Craig's fifth outing as the one and only double O agent. Um, and this was one that was supposed to come out in April, last April, April of 2020, and then got pushed to November. And then got pushed to March. And now it's finally coming out here in August. 
Um, so I you know you told me off mic that you've not seen the other Daniel Craig movies. So with the Bond format, I imagine that's less of a hurdle uh, considering all of the all of the movies are so contained. But did you have any trouble comprehending what was going on with the whole kind of 007 arc in this movie? Well, um, I didn't really understand. Of- I, I didn't really understand who James Bond's um like who he was. Some other characters they explained in the story. Um, I'm not sure if they were from other ones. I had my mom help me out, kind of like who James Bond is. She she was just like basically in every movie he's like Bond, James Bond, and I was like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't really think like you need to watch the other ones to see this movie. I mean, all I understood was um bombs, guns, um steel, <laughs> um a bunch of violence. Um, but other than that, I I definitely got a little bit of it. It's just the background of James Bonds and I guess the people he was working for. I didn't quite understand. But other than that, it kind of explains everything that's happening in the movie. That's what I really liked about it. Well, and there's always there's always a romance, uh, you know, no matter the bond. Well, and that's the good thing too about these is it's interesting. I mean, I don't, Bond is probably one of the longest running movie series. Period. This has been going for over fifty years now, total. Um, but the connective tissue between them is pretty loose, so that leaves room for like. Daniel Craig did, I don't want to make any of these anymore. Well, then we could pass it off to someone new, but also between the individual movies, someone like you, Ethan, who's not as familiar with the character, come in and still be able to enjoy the movie. So about that action, I've been seeing, I've seen in the trailers, there's headlights turning into miniguns. There's, there's, uh, they go to Cuba at one point, I see. And the Armas is in this movie. Can you talk a little, what was your favorite action scene in No Time to Die? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, how many bombs were there? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a lot, I mean, a lot of action. That, that's what I really liked about this film. It was just straight action. Uh, well, and this movie it's long too. This is maybe two uh, hours forty five minutes. Yeah, they were not to ask. Uh, maybe toward it, it was towards the beginning. Um, uh-huh. so there is this girl. Um, I'm not sure her name. I forgot. I is it Madeline Swan? Is oh, it Madeline, his wife? Yes, Madeline. So yes. as a kid, um, there was this bad guy who came in looking for her dad. Which I also don't understand. That's one thing I forgot. I don't. This I don't is going to be a fun game, Ethan. <laughs> Something about him. He he wanted to come in because he was saying the the dad. Actually, I'm not going to ruin that. I don't want to spoil that. So she. Do you want me to just back out of this one? She she shot a gun at the age of eight, I think it was, or something younger. I just a little girl with a gun. That that was cool, I guess. All right. <laughs> No time to die. <laughs> Little girl with the gun. Let's go. <laughs> and then there's more scenes where um, there's bombs um, shooting. <laughs> I don't know really what else there could be. It's fun to picture. I'll tell you that. Missiles. <laughs> I, get the, I get the idea. Um, you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Venom. And right now I'm talking to Ethan about... Bond, 
James Bond, No Time to Die, the latest Daniel Craig, James Bond flick. Um, so, obviously, and we're going to try to tread very lightly here, Ethan, because I want to see this movie a lot, and I don't want to know too much. But this is seen as Daniel Craig's goodbye to the character, his last movie. He's been making these movies since 2005 with Casino Royale. We've watched his character grow. We've watched Daniel Craig grow. Um, and so do you think, as someone who hasn't seen the other movies, this felt like a send-off, a, and a, more importantly, a fitting send-off to this, to this version of the character and this actor's tenure with it? Well, I didn't know he was getting, like, he was, like, leaving it, but now I understand how he could be because I'm not going to say what it was, but they set up the movie kind of. I mean, you're, you're going to see it in reviews anyways. You might want to take off your headphones for this. Um, so th- there's another, because an- he was on for, for retirement, um, the plot of it, and there was another 007 agent. So maybe I'm thinking they're going to make her the new star of this, and then James Bond can go into IRL retirement. He's made plenty of movies. I think he's, he's done for. He can go live his life in Fiji. Maybe actually be in whatever he was in. Maybe, I don't know, the FBI or whatever it Did was. Did you just advocate for the end of James Bond <laughs> in this <laughs> radio <laughs> segment? <laughs> Sipping wine. People are listening to this, Ethan. Do you want to throw them <laughs> off balance? Everybody loves James Bond. But are you he, saying he was a good that, character in the one movie I saw him in. This I is mean, a logical have... enough endpoint for this turn of James Bond. Yeah, I have saying? some connections with him, like... um. Um, uh, never mind that. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see. What else? What else with James Bond? Um, talk a little bit about the new characters in the movie. Yeah. That new double O you mentioned. And there, there's a uh, lot of, there's quite a cast in this movie. Rami Malek is the Bond, the Bond villain. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the new characters that this movie's bringing to the table? Well, there's a new 007 Asian, which uh, her name is Nami in the film. She was played by Lashia Lynch. She did very good in her role. She was kind of being a little bit sarcastic to James Bond, kind of like, oh, I took your 007. It's mine now. You can't get it back. You, you were gone. It's all mine. Like, I don't know. She she did very well kind of in that. Um, so I think she she did well. There is uh, There was a lot of really good acting. I don't think there's any flaws in it. That's why I gave it a five out of five stars. It was just, I, there's like, it was flawless. I, I really like this one. Um, I'm going to watch the other ones later. <laughs> and I'm going to see how they kind of connect to this, which I probably should not have done watching this one before the other ones. <laughs> Glenn, can you talk a little more about like what made it flawless to you? Because that's, that's, that's big, Ethan. That's, that's more than a ringing endorsement. Um, well, I like a lot of action films. So blowing up buildings constantly was um, a lot of fun to watch, I guess. No, not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful, Ethan. <laughs> um, a lot of glass breaking. Um, there's a lot of guns in it, shooting. It, it was, they, they made everything seem realistically, like not in those other films where it's like 20 men with machine guns shooting at one person with a pistol and then she somehow dodges all of them and then shoots all of them. It was like actually realistic. Like, they, they, they had to take cover and not just, like, rolling constantly and dodging miniguns. 
And like, for example, it wasn't just like a man running straight up with a minigun because that'd be impossible in real life. So it was like, it, they made it seem like in real life kind of if real life had these situations. So that's what I really liked about movies, how they make it real. Because what's a movie if it's not going to be real? Unless it's like a fiction movie. But if you're doing something like James Bond's, it, it has to be real kind of, I guess. I don't know how to word that. You said you gave No Time to Die five out of five stars already. So I'll ask you what age rating would you give No Time to Die? Um, I think it was rated PG-13. So I'll just do 13 to 18 plus adults. I can see why it's rated, it's rated that. Um, other than that, I, I love this film. It was really what good. What a title to No Time to Die. <laughs> James Bond has no time to die. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ethan, for talking with me today about this movie. Thank you for having me. And thank you for not spoiling anything. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about No Time to Die and Venom Let There Be Carnage. And next, we'll be hearing Ishan's interview with John Mouser on what? That is the title. What? Hi, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First, and today I'm so excited to speak with Mr. John Mousier, who plays Don in the silent black-and-white comedy, What? John graduated from California School for the Deaf, Riverside, and he attended Galladay. John broke through Hollywood stereotypes, and he became the first deaf actor in ABC's talent development program. From there, John appeared on several TV series like Law & Order, Brand New Life, Southland, and 10-8.
He has also been honored by the City of Los Angeles. Mr. Alec Lev, the director of what will be Mr. Mosier's interpreter. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Mr. Mosier. It's great to have you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. So let's get started with why did you choose to act in this film? Well, you did mention that, that the, the first step back to that ABC talent program and the journey sort of began there. It was great to be uh, to, to start off that way. But honestly, it's been a struggle ever since. You know, it's very hard to work with people in the Hollywood industry. And we decided to make a film ourselves to kind of wake them up and show them what I've been through. Um, so we wanted to cast authentic actors, not someone just playing a deaf person, a hearing person playing a deaf person or anything like that. So that, that's really why I did what? I love that. And uh, was this your first silent comedy film? Yeah, yeah. My first one with this amazing director, Alec Lev, who is, uh, he knows a lot about black and white silent films. He even, he even named his son Chaplin. Um, <laughs> so I think that says enough. Um, so it was amazing to work with him. And no, I'd never been involved in anything like that until, you know, we created this role. Um, Alec asked me to watch a whole bu bunch of uh, silent films from uh, Buster Keaton, from Charlie Chaplin, and it, uh, incredible, and, you know, just incredible stuff. I was able to just see these old, these silent actors doing with no words, you know, just the size facial expression with their actions. And I thought, this is a great thing for deaf people, for deaf actors. Um, and so it was great to have someone who's familiar with black and white silent films directing this. Um, and Alec was the right person to do it. And how was your experience working on this different from your other projects? It's a good question. Um, what had so many experiences that were actually straight from my real life? Um, but as far as television shows goes and other work like that, I mean, I've always been the only deaf person there. You know, may, maybe there's two of us. That's it. So I'm, I'm deaf, maybe one other person in a sea of hearing people. And that's fine. It's fine. It's great. Um, but, you know, it's lonely. Um, I use an interpreter. My interpreter winds up being, you know, my best friend on set, whether we're filming for a week or however long it is, we're, we're, we're there all the time. Compare that now to what? Completely the opposite. Everyone, everyone was deaf, deaf people everywhere. And it felt like, you know, you have full access to, to everything. And we had an amazing time. Now, we did have interpreters. They provided access for the hearing people. So for years, we have interpreters there providing access for deaf people. Here on our set, it was for the hearing folks. But we made sure everyone, all the crew who, who were hearing, we made sure that they really felt comfortable. I didn't want them to go through what I went through as the lone deaf people. I think person, I think everyone had a great time. And by rap, everyone was just saying you know, how much they felt like a family. And, and that's the goal, right? That's the goal in the entertainment industry. When, when you work together, you want to have that sort of connection with each other. Wonderful. You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Venom with Derby Carnage, No Time to Die. And right now we're going to continue hearing Ishan's interview with Johan Mousier, John Mousier, of what? And what challenged you the most about playing the role of Don? 
As Don, I guess I needed to make sure that he, he to just not get too emotional myself. I mean, these are things that I've actually been through and it is an emotional thing to recreate those, but I'm Don, right? I'm not John remembering my, my life. And so Don was in a different place and I had to, I had to maintain that. And that's why you have a director. Alec was there to help me get through that story. As far as the parts of Don's journey that you felt you could relate to, how do you think that enhanced your acting? It definitely enhanced my acting. Um, it helped me to, I mean, I, I was really taking a, 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 a pretty deep look back at what I had gone through. Um, and I could see it now, really, now that I'm watching the movie, I can, I can see it maybe more than I noticed then. I could see John in Don uh, in several places. I could see where I was, you know, just following the direction, making sure that I was, I, I was, I, I was done and not John at other points. I mean, remember also as, as a silent film, um, you're looking for it to be a little more physically expressive. That's what the, the calls for. Hollywood films, not so much, right? You don't see a lot of facial expressions on a lot of hearing actors faces because they're putting all of it into the voice. Right. And I'm used to that style of acting. It's a style in a silent film. Oh, it's completely the opposite. You are being asked to express yourself physically, facially everywhere, because, again, because of the genre that was that was new and a great experience. Great. And what was the most fun part of the experience for you? What had, oh, my goodness, so many things. The most fun. I mean, signing, being on set there. You know, when the when the when the film was over, um, it wasn't as fun at all. <laughs> you know, it was great to be in that world for 15 days of production. Um, everyone laughing together, being emotional together, all understanding each other. Um, and then there you are on the last day and realizing it's done. That's tough. Absolutely, yeah. And 15 days, you said. That's a pretty short window for production. How did that limit you as an actor? It was 15 days. It does go fast. Um, but the key, again, is, you know, our, our director, Alec, had a schedule, right? We, we knew everything we were going to be doing day to day. Um, there was nothing that was like, okay, let's figure out what we're going to do. You know, we knew we were what we were going to be shooting from the last day to the first, from the first day to the last. Excuse me. Um, so we had a little bit of rehearsal time beforehand. We could prepare for each scene, each day before it happened, and when it came time to shoot, it was smooth. You know, um, we we got it all. You know, we we got every scene. We didn't have to like take something out because we ran out of time. It was great. And what did you learn from working on what? How did you develop as an actor? I learned going through this production. You know, after it was done, and, you know, you now got to wait how long before it comes out? A long time. You know, there are certain things that I, I, I learned that I want to do it more. <laughs> I learned that there's a lot of uh, homework that needs to be done long before you get on set. 
Um, you know, I've, I've been a lot of TV shows. You get the role and it's like, boom, you're shooting in a couple of days. There's no time to even think about it. It's, that has its own challenges. So for once, this was different. We had time. We got to rehearse. We got to prepare for the next movie, my third. Um, you know, because I, I did a film called No Ordinary Hero, the super deafy movie. That's how, it, that's how it started. That was the first. And, oh, look, here it is right here. <laughs> um, from then, just did what? And for our third, we're going to bring everything that we learned from what to that production um, to really be prepared long in advance um, to work with the director as much as possible. That's that's really the key. I love that, and I think really acting is a journey. It's a it's you know growth over time. Really looking at that film on the on the screen of the Chinese theater and seeing myself up there. That's a challenge. Just looking at myself. You know, I love acting. I love working in front of the camera. But to see myself up there, that's tough. That was a tough one. I'll be honest with you. I had to, to kind of look away a little bit as a challenge. But again, you know, you got to trust the director. Alec was saying you're doing well. You just got to trust that you're doing well. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Mr. Mosier. It's been a pleasure. What is currently on the film festival circuit and has already been accepted to 12 film festivals around the world, and the film will be released in 2022. I'm Ishan. And, and wait, uh, I, I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> so 21 film festivals is actually Ooh, our number right wow. now. <laughs> Yay. And and if I could throw this in before we go. Um, well, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview or review or those of my amazing Kids First teammates. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Venom Like a Recarnage and No Time to Die. And next, we'll be hearing Ishan's interview with Lincoln Lambert on Language Arts. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. And today, I'm super excited to speak with Lincoln Lambert, who plays the role of an autistic student in the 50s named Dana in the new feature film Language Arts. Born and raised in South Korea, Lincoln has worked on several acting projects, including a South Korean variety show called Real Kids Story, Rainbow, Criminal Minds, and others. He's now working on an upcoming short film entitled Uncle. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for speaking with me, Lincoln. No problem. Hello. So I'm curious, what drew you to performing in the film? Um, can you say that one more time, please? What drew you to like choose to act in the film? Why, oh. why did you choose to act in the film? I, I read the story and it was a really deep story and it, it was an amazing story. So we, we read the full script and it was just, it was really nice. So. It, it was, it was a, um, I felt like I just had to do it because it was, it was a true story. So it was based on a true story. So it was really, really touching. Wonderful. And what was the most difficult part of playing Dana? I mean, I assume as you're someone who does not have ASD. So how was yeah. that challenging for you? Well, since I have no personal experience with uh, autism or anything like that, I had to I had to focus, and so basically, I I absorb and absorb things when I'm really focused. So I stopped watching everything and stop playing anything and just focused on watching documentaries and videos of people with autism and just studied studied all their movements wow that i mean it a lot goes behind every role and i'm sure for you this was a pretty research intensive one yes yeah um there was a there's a school in los angeles the bridgeport school and they very kindly allowed us to go in and they're a community that helps kids with autism. So yeah, we got to meet some people there. It was, it was really fun and it gave me a lot of ideas of being Dana. Yeah, I do want to ask, how were you inspired by uh, your, your time there? How did you, what did you take away from your, your time at Bridgeport? Um, so I, a lot of kids there, um, I well, basically when I was there, I studied how they were stimming, their eye movements, some of them talked, how they talk, and just like 
their their hand movements and what they would do every once in a while yeah interesting and can you relate to any of the situations that dana experiences in the film dana does get bullied quite a bit in the film because of who he is but he has a really great friend that helps him through it and in the beginning he can't speak he's a non-verbal um he's non-verbal so but his friend helps him able to speak like loops is his like first word and it helps him, helps him become stronger i see just how oh like you have good friends and there's always gonna be people to help you and there's always gonna be people who are against you and just just try to not everybody's gonna like you and there's always people that will help you so just that's that's what i relate to great you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Moist America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, No Time to Die, and right now we're going to continue hearing Ishan's interview with Lincoln Lambert of Language Arts. And uh, how was your rapport with Mickey Rowe, who plays, um, you know, the son of um, the, the main character? How was, how was your rapport with him, the other characters, uh, the other actors, I should say, on set? How was that experience for you? The experience... To be honest, it was amazing. The crew, everybody was really, really nice. And they always cared about you. And even like when you were in the trailers, they would be like, may I invite you to the set? It, it was, they, they were very, very kind. It was the best crew ever. And one cool story is the, the five kids, like me and Elliot and the other guys, all our last names ended up spelling out loops oh wow that's cool yeah yeah that was really cool really interesting and how did you balance school work uh, work with working on the film or was it shot during the summer how did that work um we did have school work um we, we studied but it was in the summer okay got it and your previous acting experiences were in South Korea, and then in short films, and on Criminal Minds. And in what ways did those roles prepare you for this one? Well, actually, um, the first uh, the first film that I did in America was Language Arts, but um, I did many films in Korea, like variety shows, and and different dramas and stuff. I started acting when I was three, and that definitely helped me get better. And and like since I started at such a young age, I don't really get nervous in front of camera and stuff. So yeah, that's that's good. That's definitely something you should definitely cultivate from a young age. Very 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 good. And what did you take from your previous roles um, when you're you know kind of walking into language arts? How did you what, what did you apply from what you've learned previously? Hmm. So, I, I, when I get a role, I've learned that it needs to be very deep study, and I have to, like, I have to make that character truly me. So when I was uh, studying language arts, deep study helped me a lot. Yeah. 
Great. And what did you learn uh, from working on language arts? Um, I learned that when I work in language arts, uh, I learned that uh, it's, I learned a lot about autism, like just how you should care and everybody, everybody is different and just a lot of symptoms and like what needs to be done to take care of them because I watched a lot of blogs on like parents helping kids with autism too. So, yeah. Got it. And what do you think that audiences will enjoy most about the film? I think they'll enjoy the story of the autistic kid, Dana, um, learning how to speak and like other, other characters. It's a really emotional story, like an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Great. And what do you hope that viewers will uh, take away from the film? I hope that when they watch the film, though, if some people are thinking negative about people with symptoms, they'll learn that you should, you should help them and make them feel better and help them to be a great person. I love that. Well, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Lincoln. It's, it's been a pleasure. No problem. Nice to meet you, too. Great to meet you, yeah. Language Arts is available now on VOD, so look for it. I'm Ishan Mani, reporting for Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. Get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. I'm Price, Benjamin Price. Thanks for listening, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.